You pick up on a lot of cues. There's certain things that you can feel over the phone as well. So even though I can't physically see them, I can still read their mood. So I think it's still helpful in other ways if you can kind of zone in to reading people in a different way. As it pertains to that zoning in, have you ever asked one of your clients, are you on the toilet right now? (laughs) (laughs) Could you not do that, please? That'd be a Mulhern move right there. And welcome back to Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. She, a licensed therapist. I, somebody who has used mental health therapy throughout my entire lifetime. And 2020 was a game changer when it came to that whole thing. And it continues into 2021. Courtney, you find yourself in the thick of it right Mm -hmm. now. And the title of this particular episode, I'm going with Telehealth. Or tell a hell. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd love to get the perspectives on both sides of this. Now, full disclosure, Mm -hmm. this speaks to the benefits of therapy. The fact that I haven't really needed it since the pandemic happened Mm -hmm. because I had had it for so many years previously. I had all of the tools I needed to pull myself through it. And it has been a slog. My mom passed away. My wife lost her job due to the pandemic. My childhood hero died. We had some family drama. We had some financial issues. But I seem to do okay. Everybody else I know who is in therapy Mm -hmm. has had to either do the Zoom conferences or the telephone thing. And it got me to thinking... If I were going into therapy for the very first time, Mm -hmm. would I find it to be more comforting to not be face-to-face and in person, or would I find it to be too distracting to not have that intimacy? And I suppose that's on a case-by-case basis, as are all things. It probably depends on what you're going through, Mm -hmm. how old you are, and that sort of thing. Me being a recluse, I think at any time, just being able to pull up a Zoom video or to pick up a phone, it might be a little bit easier for me. But I recently spoke of how when I used to go into my sessions, my therapist had a dog there that would always comfort me. Now I have my dog at home, so I suppose that would be okay, but that's the dog that I see every day. So I don't know that Rerun's like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, no offense, (laughs) but you do cause a lot of problems, Rerun. (laughs) That's another episode. Stop chewing crap, all right? (laughs) Stop digging holes in the carpet. You know what? That might be a lot more stressful. Maybe I could use some time out of the house. But then I think of somebody like my wife who was so sick of being stuck at home and would give anything to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. From your perspective, Courtney, and on that end, what has the experience been like both for you and for your patients? Well, I have to say it's been kind of mixed. First of all, I'm surprised it's going on this long because Mm -hmm. really when we first started this, we said, okay, it was in March and we're saying, okay, we'll do this for a few weeks till things kind of get handled or maybe a couple months max. I really thought in my head that we'd be back by the summertime. So we didn't think of this as like a long-term solution for anything. We just figured, okay, we'll get people through this for several weeks until we can get back into the office. Did you get Um, met with a lot of resistance out of the gate? Yeah, at first people were kind of like, okay, so what are we doing? We're talking on the phone and people were upset about it. There were some people that were saying, I don't think I can do it over the phone. This isn't going to feel right. They said a lot of this before we started. And interestingly, even though it was kind of mixed reviews, I was surprised that people really started to adapt to it a lot more than I thought they would to the point where I have a few clients who are like, I don't think we ever need to go back in. And I'm like, (laughs) "Uh, we're going back in eventually. So it's been very interesting. But yeah, there was a lot of resistance at 
at first. We didn't have everything set up. We didn't have Zoom set up. I work for an agency. There's particular ways that we need to do this stuff for confidentiality, and there's particular platforms that we can use. So some of my friends in private practice, they're using different platforms. They're doing Zoom. They have some more options. But for us, we've primarily been on the phone, and right now they're offering perhaps to get some laptops to us that have different capabilities for different platforms for video chatting. But for right now, we're still predominantly on the phone. And I think if we had known that this was going to go on for so long, they probably would have offered us some other options, which would have made it a little easier for people. But it has been challenging in certain ways that at first I didn't even think of. I didn't even anticipate some of the challenge that we would have. But as time has gone on, it has been challenging. Here's where I think the phone might be better than some of the video conferencing, because having done video conferencing in other areas, if I'm at a very important point of my therapy session and the video starts cutting out and Mm -hmm. the audio starts cutting out, that's got to be frustrating both for you and for the patient. And if I'm getting some really good advice from you, or at least I think I am, Mm -hmm. and then suddenly I can't hear it, I think if I'm in a bad place mentally already, Mm -hmm. that might aggravate it. You don't have to worry about that kind of thing as much over the phone. However, with the eye contact, Mm -hmm. there is more of the personal connection. You have more of an ability maybe to read people and where they are, being able to see and hear them. One of the interesting benefits that you have mentioned to me that I thought was a little bit humorous, you said, people aren't missing appointments as much because there would be times you go into the office and you're looking at your watch and you're like, like, well, where where is this person? (laughs) Now all you have to do is pick up the phone and say, hey, (laughs) what's going on? So if they forget about their appointment, the advantage is I call them and they're like, oh, 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 yeah, okay, I can have session right now. And they go into their room or what have you. So we have been catching a lot more clients for their appointments because they haven't forgotten about them. The flip side of that, though, is because you're on the phone, they tend to get more distracted and Mm -hmm. people have brought me out and about and I don't even know it. So I will have to educate them to say, listen, we can't be out in public places. I'm on the phone with you. Yes, this isn't just a conversation. This is therapy. And this is just like you would treat it for any other medical appointment. So we need to be in your house or your phone needs to be in a place where other people aren't going to be hearing you and we need to protect that. So some people have been trying to do a little, oh, I'm just running to Walmart. I'll be right with you. And I'm like, yeah, we can't be doing that. So you've had the experience that we've had on our morning radio show, which is you're in the middle of giving some advice and then somebody says, hang on a second. Yeah, I'll take a medium mochaccino. Oh, and that just happened to me the other day. I said, wait, are you in the car? Yeah, I'm just going to grab a Dunkin' and then I'm going to pull over into a little area just to sit in the parking lot and talk to you. But I was like, what? Extra whipped cream? I'm like, all right. Well, then there does have to be distractions too, even at home, where if you have kids there. Mm -hmm. If, like I said, with Rerun the Beagle, you have a pet who is acting out. If you're getting another call, if somebody knocks at the door, Mm -hmm. I suppose that can be frustrating, too. Ryan, every single thing you mentioned has happened. (laughs) Multiple times. So we've got to manage the lifestyle, what's going on with the kids and the pets. The husband needs to know where something is, knocks at the door, all sorts of things. The interesting thing on the other side of it, though, is you get a glimpse into their home life that you've never seen in that way and kind of how things work and maybe how they're overextending themselves. I've had to talk to people about limit setting and boundaries, that their appointment is very important. And I have to protect that time for them. Even if they're used to having their time encroached upon by other people, I need to set that boundary for them and help them to hold that. That has been actually very valuable because if they come to the office, I'm not seeing that side of things. So this really does help in other ways that I didn't anticipate. But I also have to speak to the phone thing. 
not just with videos going out, bad phone connections. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, sells. excuse me, I'm sorry, what? People like me that live in the woods. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so having to ask people over and over to say certain things, I can tell that that would be aggravating on both sides because we're just trying to get to the heart of what we're talking about. So I know that's been challenging too, is using the phone. With cell phones, it can go up and down. And so that has been a challenge. On average, would you say that you find it to be beneficial for people to be in their safe place, i.e. Mm-hmm. their fortress of solitude? Yes. Maybe they're a little bit more comfortable and that causes them to be more open. Or is the flip side true? Because they're so distracted, because there are technical issues, mm-hmm. maybe it's not as productive as it could be. Right. That's why it's like if they're at home, home is one thing, but home needs to also be in a spot. I don't care if you go to the basement or somebody's room, somewhere where you're by yourself. So you have that privacy. But yeah, it can be very distracting because we don't have that space. And I tell people, when you come into the office, we do everything we can to have you have privacy, have quiet. This is your space. So we need to try to create that same thing. This isn't just like a little, hey, how you doing? little phone conversation. We need to try to create that as much as we can. But of course, we have to have some flexibility. Things are going to happen. This is not a typical or ideal situation. So we have to be open and flexible with that. But it's interesting because I've had a few people. So I've had a lot more people that surprised me with wanting to do this for because they have health issues, they have all sorts of limitations and barriers. So it really helps them to be able to stay home. And they found that they're getting as much, if not more, out of telehealth. Now, I also hear the other side of it. I've had a few people who have been really frustrated with it. And one person in particular said, you know what, it's better than nothing, but this is very challenging. And so we tried to talk about that. And we actually came up with a few ways that would be a little bit easier for them to get more out of it. And I think also it has to do with that distraction factor. Overall, I I think that surprisingly people have been pretty good with it. And I don't want to discourage people from trying therapy out for the first time now due to all of this. I know a lot of places, the initial session will be in person so you can meet your person. Everyone is socially distanced and masked and that kind of thing. A lot of places do that and we do it too. Initial session for assessment or with your therapist. And then from there, you can kind of work out individual things. Some people have met with people in person, especially when they really need it. And we're able to do that as well. We have some flexibility with that. I recently heard an example of where this can be a problem and it involved somebody's child Mm -hmm. who started having problems during the pandemic because what ended up happening was not able to be in school, not able to be around friends, hanging out with them. So Mm -hmm. what this child did to substitute that was to do the online video gaming. And then that way you could interact with your friends. You could have that social experience. You could have some fun. Mm -hmm. It got to a point where it started becoming too much. And this child was obsessing over it to a degree that the child began acting out against the family. And this is where the therapy had to start Mm -hmm. via the video conferencing. And first of all, you had a reluctant participant who Mm -hmm. was home, wanted to do anything but be on a video chat with a medical health professional, wanted to instead be on the games. Mm -hmm. That caused all kinds of problems and obstacles. Whereas if none of this stuff was going on, it wouldn't have been as much of an issue. And the other parallel that I can draw to this, now you're doing the telehealth thing over the phone, but I can't tell you how many teachers I have in my life who say it's kind of sort of a substitute for the Mm -hmm. real classroom experience, 
but you think it's hard for me to get their attention in a classroom. Right. I am accomplishing little to nothing with this setup now, and I cannot wait for this to be over. Right. And I think we have to remember that this is very challenging, but it's temporary, and that we are going to go back to something that's more normal, but that we have to figure out the best ways that we can do things right now to get the help that you need. And I want to speak to the kids. I'm hearing a lot of that from my clients, too, about their children, about the struggles of them going kind of halftime in school and also doing the virtual learning, how just distracted they are. I've seen that in my family. There's been some little kids that have been distracted doing too much with the video games and checking out of their school time and getting in trouble for that. And there's a lot of kids that are struggling with grades right now. I would really, really encourage parents to look at that and to encourage the child to meet with a therapist. There's so many things that we can do to help them with that. We can help them with time management, with limit setting. We can help them with, okay, what reward do I need after I can do like an hour of this meeting and then I get a little break time, different things that we can do to help to motivate behavior and also to have the kid have a space to just get this frustration out must be tremendously frustrating for these kids and very isolating. So this is a particular time where it's just so important to have that support and to really look at that and encourage the child to do that because the benefits far outweigh the frustrations right now. But yeah, the frustrations are there. You mentioned not wanting to discourage people, but encourage them to still get involved Mm -hmm. with this in terms of doing it for the very first time. But you hear this all the time nowadays that people aren't going for medical procedures as Mm -hmm. much because they're afraid to leave the house. So that's down. Reports of domestic violence are down, Mm -hmm. probably because people are being intimidated by being in a house Mm -hmm. or don't want to have somebody come into the house because they're afraid in relation to the pandemic. I'm wondering, as far as accruing new patients for you in this climate, Mm -hmm. has that been down as well? Or would you say it's about average or is it on the increase? I would say say for the agency as a whole, I think it's been at an increase. And so for me personally, I've been kind of holding steady. I had a few new clients a couple months ago, but I'm kind of at my max. So yeah, I would say that it's still steady that people are coming in. And again, they can sit with someone face to face and kind of explain everything that's going on and do a full assessment. I think that's helpful. But yeah, this has been, like I said, it's a very isolating situation. And people, I just want to encourage them to take that step because I think even though it sounds like it might be aggravating, like, oh, on the phone or on the video chat, you'd be surprised how much we can get done. Sometimes I think it can be more laser focused on the phone because there are other less distractions as far as being in an office situation. So sometimes on the phone, I can get really laser with people on certain things and say, hey, let's go back to this and really get into certain points. So I think it can work in that way as well. And I used to be a life coach. And when I was a life coach, all we did was work on the phone. And I always was thinking, oh, that'd be kind of tricky. But actually, you pick up on a lot of cues that you can listen and hear little sighs. You can hear hesitations. There's certain things that you can feel over the phone as well. So even though I can't physically see them, I can still read their mood and I can still feel like where the anxiety is coming from and that kind of thing. So I think it's still helpful in other ways if you can kind of zone in to reading people in a different way. As it pertains to that zoning in, have you ever asked one of your clients, are you on the toilet right now? (laughs) (laughs) Could you not do that, please? That'd be a Mulhern move right there. (laughs) You're like, listen, I'm multitasking. Well, to take it from the other perspective, and obviously we are going to respect this person's privacy, but as you and 
I were preparing to have our little chat here, mm-hmm. you said that, I think it was just yesterday, you had a client who mm-hmm. was suddenly having a big time issue with the telehealth setup. Yeah. What can you tell us about that? Well, it was interesting. The person is going through a lot of different things right now, but I was trying to call attention and put a focus on the fact that they're late for the appointment or there's certain things, because that's an important part of learning. Is there an issue there with commitment or with coming to the appointment on time or that kind of thing? Or are you resistant to the appointment for certain reasons? Let's talk about that. Is there something going on? Sometimes when I get into these things, (laughs) you have to remember I'm a people pleaser, so I don't like confrontation, but I have to have some of these gentle confrontations for my job in order to do my job well. This had been happening a few different times, so we kind of got into it, and what came out of it was the person got very upset and just said, I don't know what to tell you. When you call me, I don't know it's you, because when I call people, it's usually from a private number, Mm -hmm. but I do have an app that I can call people who, there's a lot of phones that block private numbers, so I have an app that I call through to get them so that it protects my number, but it'll come up with a phone number. Sometimes when people see private numbers, it gets them anxious because they don't know who it is. And so if people get when their appointment is or they remembered and then they slipped their mind and they see a private number, they might not pick it up right away. So that's one of the things that was happening. The person would always be late for session because it wouldn't dawn on them right at first because they were distracted that it was me. I was trying to talk to them about being late and trying to be more on time for the session. What ended up happening was if we never had that conversation, we would never have found out the fact that there was an issue around anxiety Mm -hmm. with seeing the private number. So I said, well, that's an easy fix. I have the app. I can just call you through the app. Okay. We ended up solving that because the person was telling me when I see other staff call and it comes up with a number through Google Voice or one of those, then I know who it is and I can pick it up and I don't have that kind of anxiousness as to who it is. So it was very interesting. If we didn't have that call, that conversation, we wouldn't have gotten that information. It's a simple thing, but it can translate into something that can overcome a barrier. And had you been doing the face-to-face thing, that situation and scenario probably never would have presented right, itself. Right, right. You just keep learning more things, having the face-to-face, and that's what I was trying to say. If we have the face-to-face, you would just come in at this certain time, And but it was just interesting going through all the different levels, and at first it was kind of like, how many minutes of the session are we going to spend talking about this? But really, when you pull back and look at it, certain things that you talk about, it may be presenting in your life in different ways, and it's important to address it. So anything that you bring to therapy can be valuable, and I always tell people, I had someone just ask me the other day and say, oh, I love my therapist, but there are certain things that they do that I'm feeling it's not helpful. And I said, listen, give them feedback and say, hey, I love working with you, but could you give me more coping tools or could you challenge me on this? Or can you ask me more questions about that? It'll help me to get deeper with what I need to learn more about in my life. That's really important, but people are afraid to do that. They get kind of like, oh, just like I do. Oh, I don't want to have a confrontation about something, but it's really important in therapy. And if you are getting frustrated or if you have questions about how this telehealth thing works going forward, how is this going to be, just ask the question and it will really help you to get the information that you need so that you can move forward on getting the help. In past discussions regarding face-to-face therapy, we have talked about how sometimes, let's just say somebody comes in with a relationship issue Mm -hmm. and you will have several sessions with this person and then eventually you say, you know what, I think it would be a good idea if the significant other maybe came in with you next week or maybe I should meet with the significant other separately. Mm -hmm. With the telehealth setup, if your client is saying, I had an issue with my husband or wife over this, that, or the other thing, Mm. are you ever of the mind to say, is he or she there right now? (laughs) 
Can you throw him or her on, or is that not a cool way to approach it? Some people do have their significant person around them. They're yelling to them. If there's a situation, you can still do it a similar way. When I worked for a health insurance, we did a lot of telehealth, and it was all over the phone. There would be times when we say, oh, is it helpful if I talk to your husband or your wife about your health information that they can advocate for you? So what we would do is send them a release so they could sign off and give them permission to be talking about their care. And then I could actually have a conversation with them. I could document that this is a one-time conversation, give me a verbal approval on that. But it's usually more ideal to just get a release. But yeah, you could still do that on telehealth. But not spontaneously. You do need to have some kind of written documentation. So I've done that many times. If there's a safety issue and I can't get a release, then I will document that I got verbal approval from the person saying that I could talk to them and also justifying why it's important that I need to. So there's a documentation that you would have to do for that. Spontaneously, probably not, Mm -hmm. unless the person said, I really need you to talk to them. And yes, I give you permission for this one conversation to talk about this one particular thing. Then I would probably specifically document that. But Brian's like, hey, put your cousin on the phone. Put this one on the phone. I just have relatives who (laughs) live with me who are doing the video conferencing. And I'm wondering if I'm going to get called into the room. Maybe I better sneak out. Maybe I better go to Duncan. He's like, I just want to be protected. (laughs) You mentioned the phones cutting out, and we deal with that constantly oh, on our morning radio show. I know, right? Show. Everywhere I go, phones are cutting out. <laughs> Is it me? <laughs> Have you ever said, look, you need to get a new phone plan? Because <laughs> Brian would like to say that. We want to send people new phones. <laughs> That's your therapy homework for this week. I'm going to give you Verizon's number. <laughs> we need to get you a new phone. Well, what I will say, because there was an issue with like the Bluetooth, and I guess the Bluetooth was in the person's ear, but every time they would adjust it, it would click and drop me. <laughs> and so I was like, I don't know. Do you need a new Bluetooth situation or whatever? Because it was like very sensitive. Or are they pretending that's an accident, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oops, I just dropped you again. <laughs> not enough of her crap. And oh, she keeps calling me back. <laughs> it is. It can be oh, frustrating with the phones. But what we usually work out is, is there a certain place in your house that's better to talk to me? Because what tends to happen is people are kind of walking around their house yeah. or whatever. That can happen. They pretend that their phone is dropping up, but what they're really <laughs> doing is they're putting you on mute and they're ordering that iced right. coffee. Because they know you're going to yell at them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, hang on one second. Yeah, exactly. I'm on mute. (laughs) So if you yourself had to rate the telehealth and the video conferencing experience Mm -hmm. from one to 10 in terms of it being effective, and on the flip side, giving that same treatment to the face-to-face, what numbers would the two get? Well, I mean, face-to-face would always be the 10, I'm sure. But I guess depending on the client's tolerance and depending on certain factors, like I said, the distractibility, I have a lot of sessions that are right up there. I'd say a 9 or a 10. You know, they're right up there. But then there's so many other factors that in general, maybe about a 7, if I had to put a number, maybe a 7 or an 8. You're such an optimist. I know. I want like a 2. I know. He's like, come on. (laughs) Say it's like a 1.5. You need me as a client. (laughs) I'd be like, Brian, what are you doing? You'd Brian broke the, the zero barrier. It's like the two-minute mile. <laughs> oh, no. It certainly has its challenges, but I have to say, I think overall, we get to where we need to go. We give the support. To me, it's very similar as far as the content. It's just managing the other things. That's right. basically. Well, I assure you that when it comes to coping on the couch with Courtney and Brian, it is always face-to-face because she just loves having me in her presence, and <laughs> who could blame her? Courtney, if people want to get in touch with you, maybe the face-to-face thing isn't a smart thing in this day and age 
they don't necessarily have to video conference or call. They right. can contact you how? You can contact me directly, wellness at wctk.com. You can shoot me an email. You can also go to our website, catcountry.com. The Wellness Wednesday page has great resources, and you can connect with a therapist through there, too. And while she may criticize you if you have a crappy phone plan, if you have a really old email like at aol.com, <laughs> she cannot come from a place of judgment because no. <laughs> I know her personal email she has, but so do I. Hey, look, we're both 50. Give us a break, okay? It's vintage. That's what I say. Vintage. <laughs> people always know how to get in touch with me, and I don't understand why I have that in place because I hate people so much. Maybe we should have a session <laughs> about you, that, Corey. It's funny. You make yourself so available, but yet you don't want to be available. Yeah. Ironic. I'm an enigma wrapped in a riddle. <laughs> I'm the one who's on the couch. She is the one who is coping with me. Thank you for putting up with both of us. We will see you next week. See ya. I want to talk about-